Pick up your paintbrush. It's time for Hobby Support Group. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Tom. It is the witching month. It's Halloween. Are you feeling particularly spooky? I am. I have already tried a pumpkin spice latte for the first time. And what, what's your not, opinion? Shan't be buying them again. Was somewhat disappointed. Oh, dear, Tom. Never mind. It's not for everyone. I have an orange beverage. Ooh, <laughs> and orange flavoured too. Uh, it looks kind of pumpkin-y on my desk here. I've got orange squash. Have you got a drink this morning? Uh, I have got a pint of uh, hot chocolate and coffee. Oh, yes. like a mocha. Uh, Off-brand <laughs> Nescafe and Cadbury's options. So, yeah. A mocha? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a mocha. <laughs> if you went into Starbucks and ordered the mocha and got your, your, your um, knockoff version mellow birds and the scrapings of a flake in an egg cup <laughs> it'll be seven pounds 43 in shoreditch mm. anyway we have a full episode of stuff to talk about yes it's our hobby progress what have we been playing what have we been purchasing what have we been painting and all the news i gotta say once again how glad i am we record on a monday morning when I know the Plastic Crack podcast will be recording their show tonight and we can just crib all the hobby news off them. Yeah, it is. Uh, there's a lot of news to get through today. Uh, compiling the notes for this one took quite a while. Mm. So it seems to be, I don't, it's almost like lots of companies could be getting stuff out in the run up for Christmas presents. No way. Shop Halloween <laughs> gifts, surely. Halloween gifts. I, I give the local kids Perry miniatures instead of candies when they trick or treat. Uh, healthier, in a way. Hobby progress. I will jump into my hobby progress for the month. And I finished the French line infantry. Hooray! Uh, in fact, I finished all the infantry. I've Gosh. also finished the dismounted dragoons. Oh my god. And I have got the last unit of heavy cavalry built, and I've got most of the horses painted. Oh my gosh. You're saving the horses to the end for a treat for yourself, weren't you, Sam? I was saving that last unit of <laughs> curiosity as, as a treat to finish them off. And then when I started building them, I realised on in the, the Perry box, you get six casualties as well. So I've got six line infantry casualties. Ah, uh, so you lied, is what you're saying. <laughs> I was going to caveat when I said I finished all the line infantry. I was going to say, I finished all the alive. Live, alive, alive, <laughs> line infantry. Saving the horses to the end would be like saving your Brussels sprouts as a treat. Oh, I'm going to pop this to the side of my plate, those Brussels sprouts. I'd love it in everything else. Mm. That, that's not too far from the truth for me. I, mean, I really <laughs> like Brussels sprouts, actually. One of my favourite things. I do I really like Maybe carrots. <laughs> Carrots are a bit, yeah, they're not so great. No parsnip for a turnip. But yeah, I've finished them. And to be honest, I know last month I said my hobby goal was to get those done. And I've got them done. And I was like, I was a little bit disappointed that I didn't get the cavalry finished. But then I sort of realised actually getting the best part of like 50 Napoleonic and 28 mil infantry done in a month. And then a unit of 14 cavalry built 
it's it's not exactly insignificant hobby progress when I've also been quite busy. I've been away one weekend, another weekend I spent in a cinema watching films of interesting quality. So that and then I've also last night was the hobby sport group hobby hangout first Sunday of every month, 8 p.m. British time. Join us on Zoom. And I got half of my Warmaster Albion Army cleaned up and ready for paint. Didn't get half of it done last night. I've been working on and off of it as a bit when I want to break from painting. I think last night I got 10 chariots built. Yeah. Surprisingly, 10 mil chariots don't take that much cleanup or building. No, 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 no. <laughs> they're quite easy, aren't they? Although I had that 3D printed undead black coach and that was a bit fiddly. Well, it's a black coach. They have to be, I, I, I think, the black coach or the Tomb King's bone catapult, mm-hmm. I think, are probably, you know, they're the, like, reigning champions, I think, of worst models ever to build. They they make the Hetza, they make the Taliari Hetza seem like a doddle. Ooh, give me those Hetza tracks <laughs> back. Um, <sighs> so, yeah, and then uh, something that sort of came up while I was, I'd, I'd finished, I put some pictures of the Dragoons when I'd finished painting them up on a, a different group. And somebody had mentioned like the use of painting handles. And I, I found like, I like batch painting and I like using painting handles. And like, for me, like I, I use the GW ones that I bought when they first came out. And I find that they're absolutely worth their weight in gold. Like I, I, I like them. So before that, before them, I used corks with blue tack and two peas weighted on the bottom, which I used for years. And to be honest, I'm probably. The amount of blue tack I used to get through is probably not much more ex- cheaper than the outlay I paid for these painting handles when I first bought them. And I think even if you don't want to buy them, I think spending some spending an afternoon and making yourself a set of painting handles rather than just either holding the mini on the base or just using a lolly stick or whatever. It's just, it's something I would really recommend. And I think they they make a great gift for someone as well. It's how I I bought, I think half a dozen. And then over time, people just bought me more. So I've now ended up with a dozen. And I think the Kraken, do you use the painting handles of any type? Uh, I have three and they sit in my cupboard. I never use them. I find a waste of time, Tom. Sorry, (laughs) I never use them. I just, I find clicking them in and out of the base of the handle, it's just like, I just hold them. And I just, I sometimes I have a, a big lump of blue tack, I just pop it on top of, but um, no, I've, I also done like wet palettes, those out there who love those two. I'm going to be really controversial. Um, something we, something we, two issues we disagree on. <laughs> I completely I like disagree. Mark it on the calendar. <laughs> No, if you if you find painting handles work for you, then you should definitely use them. And yeah, I I I own them. I've tried them. I just yeah, I just just never really. It's yeah, it, like it, a it, little it, extraneous waste of time. It's it, it's what works for different people, isn't it? I like them because it stops my hand shaking so much. I just find the weight of them, and like I've I've played around with even like drilling out the base of some of them and weighting them more. Um, yeah, yeah I just think I really like. Anyway, the the one thing I would say is when you're painting models that are stuck on pennies, I, I can hold a 25 mil base in my hand and it's fine. 
but holding just a penny it's like that just that little gap it makes the muscles ache more in my hand and then i do need something to put them on so when i'm painting a, a model i've put on a penny yes yeah I, off of that. it's too small models that i'm going to put on really small bases i tend to like just blue tack a couple of them to like a bigger base paint them and then glue them on their final base when if like if i'm doing like individual 10 mil guys i'll pop like two or three on like a 20 by 40 base paint them and then glue them on their individual bases anyway that's enough about painting handles i think uh, <laughs> well this is the last episode we're not going to record anymore now we're falling out about painting handles tom i'm really sorry yeah, I, I I I could look past the wet. Painting hands of the Yoko Ono with the Bobby <laughs> support group. Let me see John Lennon. My Paul McCartney? Yes. <laughs> What's happening next, Tom? Quick, the script. Yeah, quick, quick. So you've not exactly had a, a slouching month, have you? You know, last month was your paint fest, but it seems to be you've actually got more painted this month outside of your paint fest than yeah, your uh, paint fest. it was it was a slow month, Tom. Really sorry, listeners. I managed to paint an entire six mil Dutch army with flags and basing. You know, that was that was good. So I finished my Brunswickers. Now I've done my Dutch, hoping to get everything I need together for some uh, Catrabra action. Uh, I even started work on some six mil MDF flat British troops. Um, so far, I've painted their boots black. Very exciting. <laughs> That's as far as I've got. Um, and then I worked on my War Master Undead uh, in 10 mil. Um, some wolves, some skeletons, um, black coach. And the characters, and I think they turned out really well. They're some of the nicest models I think I've ever done. And again, it says, thanks to those oil washes. Absolute charm. Um, 10 millimeter Romans. I did some, some elite Romans. And um, some cavalry. The cavalry turned out really nice. I felt that the elite rows. I gave them. I was having a look at the shield colours that people have done. I bought a black shield just to make it stand out from the red of the other ones. And actually, I think it made it too dark. Um, so, but I'm not going to go and repaint them because life's too short. You know, just maybe they're not as bright as the other ones. That's fine. Well, I, um, I think I think something. I know when like I've done my six mil Romans. I went for the red shields, blue shields, yellow shield mm -hmm. unit separation. It's maybe not a hundred percent historically correct that you know everyone is going to have the same color shield if, of different units and ranks. But I just find it's, I think it's one of those things that when you're gaming and you're playing a game, you just need to actually be able to tell them. Tell from, them apart. That's tell, it. Tell yeah, them I apart. wanted it obvious when you looked. I mean, they are different models. Matter of fact, they're Pendragon manufactured romans um so that was you know anyway but it's, 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 it's a choice a... i made and it's very obvious when you look at them which is which yeah you're not really at like three feet away in a 10 mil model you're not really going to be able to tell the differences if they've got like lorica or different armor on or well, like, I... these 10 mil guys i gave them blue eyes <laughs> and the other ones they got brown eyes yeah, you know, these have been raised on the Danube, so they've got slightly yeah. different skin tones. Yeah. Um, and a nice onager as well. I had an onager. Nice. Nice catapult. Um, when I did that, I actually got some sample English Civil War from 
troops from Penjack. I just wanted to see what they were like. I asked them for a few samples, and I used those to produce some units of clubmen, which we're going to need uh, for an upcoming project, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on this episode. But for Pipeline's Lament, there are some scenarios where you get units of clubmen. And so I paint up some clubmen. So lots of small stuff. Don't sweat the small stuff, they say. So <laughs> I've not been sweating very much this month. But it's just, it's just, that's, I think, four things I've got off my revised oval list for this year. So I'm down to, I've got to get the British done, the American War of Independence, Brits and Rebels, and the Carthaginians are there on my list to do. So I've started on the six more British, hopefully I get those done, and then I can really get on with one of those other ones, which I'm a, Every time I start a new six mil army, I'm always like, oh my gosh, I've got to start a six mil army. And then, it, and, then it, and then it's done in a week. And I'm like, why was I so worried about it? I think that's the, that's the joy, really, of, of small scale stuff, isn't it? And I, I really, really would stress this to all our listeners that, like, oh, I've got to do like a hundred strips of these or whatever. It takes you like minutes to do them. Yeah. It's amazing to me that even now, after doing so many six mil models, they still get that little psychological block of like, I'm starting a new six mil <laughs> army. <Whew>. Okay. <laughs> and then it, it's something that we were talking about at the on the, the hobby hangout last night because somebody mentioned that they they're quite they like the idea of doing some Warmaster or like mm-hmm. some ten mil fantasy, but they're just sort of apprehensive about actually trying to paint 10 mil stuff have to be yeah. primarily 28 and i was trying to like i think in my mind i paint 10 mil stuff like i paint 28 mil yeah like a bit I, of snotling yes you had to paint a snotling army there you go yeah yeah it's like a dwarf child you're still <laughs> you're still painting shoes you're still painting buckles you're painting belts you're not yeah you might even paint a beard if someone's got mm-hmm. a beard. You're not just like their entire face is just one blob of paint, like in the six mil. <laughs> yeah, six mil, like blob, blob. And if you're lucky in six mil, that blob of you know pink or whatever color skin tone you're doing is actually going to be on their face and not on their hat. But in six mil, it doesn't really matter if it isn't on their face. Yeah, it's like oh, this guy's now bald. It's... Having famously painted <laughs> someone back to front, unless I put the blob on the back of the head. And no well, one's it... ever noticed. <laughs> No, but it's it's like when we we we've been playing some six mil games recently, and like it'll be halfway through the game, and you realise one of your stances is the wrong way round. Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> That's why you want to put the the flags blowing backwards in the wind, so you can look at the flags and you know which way's front. Because <laughs> like, what which way's front? His horses are going backwards. Wow. Yes, especially in a sort of like a, a dark and dingy club where you can't really see very well anyway, because lights have become optional. Yes. hobby purchases it seems we're both making quite a steady progress through our backlog so what have we been doing to sort of like fill those voids of stuff we've painted yeah and for me nothing Hooray! no hobby purchases this month at all yeah that's How pretty good yourself? well i was doing pretty good and then i saw that um you know i love it you know i love a cowboy tom do you like a cowboy? I do love a cowboy. And I even like playing games with cowboys in as well. 
and I have Dracula's America, and I saw there was a sale on at North Star, and they were selling Dracula's America Forbidden Power, which is the like Cthulhu Mythos expansion for Dracula's America, because you can't have too many Cthulhu creatures running around for a pound. I was like, well, that's well, a bargain. For a pound, that is um, yeah. an enticement to the ultimate, isn't it, really? Even if you look, just like to look at the pictures, it's <laughs> worth a pound, you know, just to have it on your shelf to read it. And, you know, I spent more on magazines. Um, so I bought, I got that. But I was like, I want to make, I've got, I've got a, a few more things. They had some really good offers and really good stuff. So they had uh, like Lion Rampant, the new edition of Lion Rampant for half price, which I did want to get for War of the Roses next year. So I got, I got a copy of that. And they had a book, um, again, called Death on the Dark Continent. And that's something I want to learn more about the kingdoms that were in Africa pre-colonial, colonial times, like Dahomey, Ashanti, you know, Yemen, Benham, uh, all these different um, kingdoms that were in uh, professionally and uh, just for playing games. Um, uh, there's a game called Death on the Dark Continent, which is all about colonial times in West Africa, well, the whole of Africa, actually. Um, the only issue I can see is getting the armies together for the for the African kingdoms, because there's lots of models for um, Zulus, but when it comes to the other kingdoms, that might be more challenging, but that's something I can look into in the future. Uh, that is definitely not a game I'm going to be starting next week. That might be 2024. I think uh, that, I think that's probably like a. It's thing I've been looking at, um, sort of like professionally. It's thing I've been talking about with some work colleagues. Mm -hmm. It's like the possibility of like using war gaming to like share and showcase the history of like pre-colonial. Yeah. Africa and like you know so th these are like some massive successful and really quite complicated civilizations yes. that we just don't know nothing about yeah and, and trying to get history books so this is ever tangent just just going on to Amazon and doing a quick search it's like there's so many history books for European history and if you want an entry level book on you know West African history um it's there's less Noticeably less, or maybe I'm looking at the wrong places. No, it's especially in English, there is very, very little. There's slightly more in French, and even what is in English, you have to be, I think you have to be quite careful with, because a lot of them stray into historical tosh territory. But now I, I think it's something we could probably talk. We probably will talk about more in the future. But I would I would say for like putting models on the table, six mil dudes of some approximation would probably have to do. I don't think you're going to yeah. get. Yeah. Exactly. You know. I do 14th have a century Ghanaian yeah. dudes. I don't think are going to. Oh, who's that? Ah, oh, the guys do fifteen mil. The American old glory. Was it? There's a moon one, blue moon models, and yep. they do a whole selection. You can choose the shape of the shield and the different, and, and maybe there's something in that sort of um, African kingdom selection there that would be right for. But you can't guarantee, you know. You want, and I would want to do it correctly as well because, you know, I care about that kind of thing. Also, case. it's it's something that could also possibly just work with, like a picture on a block that actually mm -hmm. represents. The, the people actually looked like 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's we could, we will talk about more in the future. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, it's on my shelf anyway, and I've obviously I'm going to I'm going to read that at some point, but um, it that point is not now because I've got to get on and get ready for for next year's tiny scale event. Yeah, our snazzy things. Snazzy. So talking about games that we could play in the future, shall we have a chat about games that we've actually played in the last month? Games we played. Well, I've played some Absolute Emperor. I think you have as well. We played it together. Yeah, we did. Played Um, a a three-player game of Absolute Emperor with uh, Ben Still. Really good game. Um, Mistakes were made in the setup and deciding of the mission in that it was a... We played a three-player game, uh, my French against a coalition of my British and Andy's Dutch. The Brunswickers. The Brunswickers, sorry. They're not getting confused now. (laughs) And, yeah, it it, it was a poor day for the French. Yeah. Um, But it was a fun game. It was... The more I play Absolute Emperor, the more I'm enjoying it and see it's a... It's a game I can, I can definitely see the appeal of uh, the more I play. Also, like, the less it sort of catches me out. This mm-hmm. time, what we did was we still played it in 6 mil, but we played it with using the 28 mil movement options. Yes. So a simple example of that is things start moving four inches rather than two inches, and muskets have a four-inch range rather than a two-inch range. And it's so, better. It is. It was better. Yeah, we, we played oh. it on a six by four table, yeah. and it played perfectly fine. And it just seemed you weren't quite so micromanaged. You weren't having. We were using tape measures rather than rulers to move everything, and it, it just, in one way, it seemed a more fun game. It was slightly less tactical in that you weren't having to think right in three turns ahead. So you can get the exact right angle on when you've only got two inches of movement. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it worked better. I, was... I, just, I don't want to be like falling around with trigonometry to try <laughs> and angle my... It's like it, there's such small fractions of like little movements of these bases that actually let the human fingers struggle to move, you know, the units, the actual distance. Like by increasing it, you know, you can do you know, 25% of the move will be there. Okay. You know, it's much easier to manipulate them because we. Are, I, I I think by using the the larger of the movement ranges, I think it brought it back to me to be much closer to a war game like Black Powder than it when you use the smaller ranges. It becomes much more something like DBA, mm-hmm. where it's like this is a game primarily about movement and positioning, and that's yeah. all important. Yeah, I would. You need to be like playing on like a two by two or something. It's just, it's just. Yeah, I, I did like the fact we didn't have to roll for activation this time. So yeah, well, finding out we don't play the the, the Tom invented version is a much better game. Yeah, yeah, don't add don't add extra levels of friction to a game that already has quite a lot of friction because it can probably just break it and make it rubbish. Yeah. Oh, um, you know, I enjoy playing you at the game of Andy sits and does nothing. Uh, for two turns, but this this game was much better. I, I 
and it's not because I didn't lose I didn't lose one unit and I just rolled down the down your army on the flank, which yeah. felt which felt very uh, very fun. But, um, it did sort of work quite well though as a three player game. Yeah, which I, again is something that was brought up in the chat last night. Actually, like, what games work well for three players? Mm-hmm. And I think this one did work quite well for three players. Um, a game that I, I also played this month that was was a two player game but I think would be a great solo player game was zero 200 hours. Yeah. I played that with uh, our mutual friend, John was a lot of fun for me playing the British. He was playing the Germans and I really like, I think I like what the game can do. I definitely want to play a lot more of it, but I can see it being possibly quite infuriating for the German player where it's like, I just really need to roll the thing so I can turn this model around and you can actually see you before he gets stabbed in the spleen. Yeah. Um, so I, I can see the appeal of. Um, even just getting like a, somebody else to set it up, set the patrol routes up for you and then you just play it because it's oh, like a, I could put like a like a, an app that's like a patrol route generator. Something like that, because so much of the like. The defending players stuff is sort of like procedurally generated by dice rolls and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. It it, it seems it, it would be a very simple. It's possibly I'm, I'm not a great game designer, but it seems a relatively simple leap to actually make it. This is a, a, a one player game. Yeah. Which goes, you know, it, once it's set up, away you go. Yeah, it almost feels like when I watch, I've watched a few now and it seems like the Germans, you're, like, you're not doing anything until you've been activated and just wandering around. And I thought that, that would be less fun for that player, but I've, I've not played it yet, but just, yeah. But no, I, I, I think it's definitely doing something different and interesting with games. I think it, it's something to sort of look forward to. Yeah. And uh, another game, that the, the other game that I played this month is finally going around to playing some one-page rules. Hooray! Um, this this might be the, the the contrarian episode actually where I don't completely agree with everything. <sighs> it was fun to play. Yeah. It, it it was fun to play in that it gave me a nice nostalgia kick when I'm playing with blast guns and autocannons and that sort of stuff. Um, not going to be rushing out to play it again. From the experience of playing it the once but i would happily play if my friends who play 40k said do you want to play a game and i mentioned i said right i can play some one-page rules with you then i would happily play if you want to play it again i would happily play it with you but i think there are other games that i want to play more of i think say it like that yeah i i i really enjoyed it it um but definitely it's a Oh, what should we play? Ah, just bring a thousand points and one page rules. And I, from what, speaking of Sam, I think he's he pay, he's a patron. He pays a little bit extra. There are more bolt-on rules that you can add on to make it more. Because we were playing, we were both going like, "What oh, I'd like if this could happen. Like, oh, there should be some bonus for short range, or there should be a minus for moving and firing, or there should be other things. So I would be tempted to got a skirmish, like a, a kill team one as well. Um, future skirmish or something it's called, I can't remember. Future, future firefight. Um, but just as a game you can pick up and play it's great yeah I, I would say like 
if you are especially I think where it is probably absolutely amazing for is if you're one of those people who's coming back to gaming after like a, a long hiatus either like you gave up as a teenager or you gave up when you had kids and like you've got that space marine army or something you had 20 years ago actually how do I get I want to start playing some miniature games one page rules is a brilliant place to start with that because you just build an army around what you've got it works you don't need to know a million different rules there's nothing to really it's so simple everything you need to know is on the two pages and you're not going to be buying a load of models whatever you've got knocking about will probably make a legal army yeah um, I, I think it really is for recovering 40k players <laughs> it's essentially what it is i've got a few 40k models and i'm i'm still going to build that um that army that one page rule thousand point army um and you know i'm sure i'll be playing ed or other people at one page rules in the future i think i would like to add a few more home brewed rules in but it feels like that's fine like, well no, yeah i i i think it's probably like an absolutely brilliant sandbox game where like mm. this is what you take as your core and then you add in your herbs and spices to yeah. your own your own flavor and you make it what you want to do because i think the core mechanics of it are really good mm-hmm. and you go well this is a little bit janky i think we're going to turn this down a little bit or we're going to change this a little bit or this other game does this because i know you've played one game of it haven't you where you used like the bolt action dice pull mechanic. Oh yeah, the activation, activation mechanic there, yeah. Which is a mechanic I really, really like. You, know, you just import what you like. And I think when you're doing these games where you're never going to go to a, an event with them, you're just going to play them among your buddies. Just rewrite them to suit you. I don't like how this does. Oh, this shouldn't move 16 inches. It should move like eight. Right, just crop its movement down. Yeah. Just, yeah. I the did, rules police aren't going to come and tell you off. I did find it funny how um, you instantly, on me to a lesser extent, despite rumours, became like became proper 40k gamers again. We started playing with the models. <laughs> I was joking when I got my laser point out. I was saying, oh, are they behind cover? That was a joke. But you were definitely serious about tanking those wounds with yeah. your character. But there was a rule for that. It was like, yeah. nope, unit has to go. Then he put wounds on the character. It is. And it was it's just so streamlined. And I'm not playing the modern version of um forty K, so I don't know what breath of fresh air that could be for those people who play that currently. No, it, the, it, it, the it, people it, it, who've been telling me that they are enjoying the simplified version. It it did definitely raise my I'm no longer going to it, it did make me a uh, worse gamer. Yeah. Um, I I was a worse opponent. I it's, it's so weird. I don't get that at all playing historicals. And it was like, I thought that part of me was dead. <laughs> yeah, but it, 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 it was just thing. It, it was so, yeah, I, I hadn't thought about like tanking wounds on a commander for years and years. Yeah. And yet, as soon as you start shooting on the squad, just because he's got a better save, of course he's going to tank the wounds. Yeah. It's just. My, it's, it's how complete... much of the unit is in cover? Let's just check that. I don't know. Probably and it's yeah. co- it's it's completely nonsensical that you know yeah. you, the squad commander as soon as they start getting shot at just starts jumping in front of everybody until he takes a single wound then hides behind everyone else. Yes, it's, it's not really uh, very cinematic. Well, part part of it is being aware. You know, <laughs> I'm doing this. 
but I do like that the, I I think I'm a better player when I'm, I'm playing like more historical games. We're just trying to work through it together. So maybe I should stay clear of one page rules for like another few few months till I'm totally cured. Well, it's I think it's it's an interesting thing that again we can probably talk about more because like the the more historical players I speak to, it seems more like even the idea of like playing with points is seen as almost like a a negative or a a barrier to like necessarily like a proper game because oh it's points is going to have to be competitive because you're balanced and like historically nothing's ever balanced or this or that i don't really agree with that because i think you can have i don't think i never really enjoy playing a game where it's like i am predestined to lose this and all i'm going to do is roll dice until i've lost and like i might manage to last till turn three or i'm probably going to last till turn four there's nothing i can really do i am just going to be completely ineffectual mm-hmm. i think you can have fun games where it's like i'm going to lose but if i actually get to turn six i've won because i've held the enemy up for long enough that's my victory um you know tactical lost strategic victory sort of a thing so i, I do I, I think points have their place and i think especially when you're playing with like random people or even just like me and you are playing we go right we're playing monday night what show we're playing wednesday night right let's play some english civil war okay we'll bring a thousand points each it just yeah. means we're going to have we're going to bring armies which we can sort of play against easily because there's no point me bringing like a storming party with like two petards and a forlorn hope and you've brought half a dozen cavalry regiments it's just not really kind of so yeah. what and because we're too lazy to actually fully discuss like right exactly what are we playing so what our sort of forces uh, are going to or like what battle shall we refold right this is the orders of battle we're working yeah. just saying right bring something roughly 500 points or whatever and then like sometimes you mix it up like when we did the absolute emperor game you know the it was like what 600 and something points against 500 of french roughly because yeah. it was like well the french are obviously going to be outnumbered away we go just sort of worked i think but i yeah. I, I, I do think historical gaming and i think also the games themselves come up quite often have more where like things just don't really might not work so well mm. or you know either your commanders can just fluff rolls or it doesn't really matter if like half of that dude's knee is behind a bush because he's not really yeah. getting cover because you know i much prefer rock. with like it's it's are they in cover they're in cover there's no measuring percentage how much that model is it's just like that as a block of cover that unit's in cover at six mil at six mil they're just in cover yeah like they're I mean, in that for they're in the forest or they're not like hiding behind you know a molehill <laughs> That twig is definitely blocking your line of sight. I think you'll find that cabbage comes up to waist height, so he's actually fifty percent ah, obscure. That will stop. That will stop an anti tank round. That that's a minus. That's both a minus one to hit and a plus one to the save from the high explosive. Yes. Um, I mean, for me, I, I come from a background of, of chess playing, you know, one of the original war games, and you start with equal sides. So it always seemed really logical to me, from a kind of chessy kind of perspective, that both sides would be equal points because I see it's I always thought it was a game rather than historical um, simulation 
So for me, that seems quite quite natural that you would have equal points on both sides. But you know, you can have asymmetrical games, have different objectives, and it could be quite fun to just say, okay, I mean, Space Hulk as the classic example. You start off with five Terminators, and the other guy has unlimited gene stealers to try and kill you. Hopefully, you know, it'll be a fun game. That's the whole whole point of it. Um, yeah, it, it's. It, I think it comes down to game versus uh, simulation again, Tom. Yeah, or, or somewhere in between. Yeah, or, or reenactment. Yeah, and actually yeah. going. Are, are we actually playing a game, or are we doing a scale reenactment of what we're doing? And I, I, I can see that the fun and appeal for both of them. I just fall more in the camp of game. Yeah. Slash slash fun than. Re-enact, toy soldier reenactment well i mean we, we are planning a, a little event amongst ourselves aren't we which is going to hopefully be a little bit more like a reenactment yeah well we're hoping to do a a, a, a relatively large six mil napoleonic reenactment with proper orders of battle and everything sort of kosher unit wise mm-hmm. but it will still be actually a game we'll be rolling dice won't we it's not just going to yeah. be going, we're not going to have like a a plan where we go well this core moved to here and did this and this yeah went, so i mean i'm probably going to watch what happened in the original battle before we fight it just so i get a few hints and tips on what i should be doing you know but um it'll be yeah be interesting to see if it how much it follows the original yeah but i i think there is definitely like space in gaming for even on like a, a very like large or a very tiny level to actually go right this is part of a battle where this force was going up this hill and then you play the game where you then like zoom in on the game it's like right you've got the forces that were attacking this hill away you go this the the defenders of the hill are also who was historically there now try and find out can you capture the hill with what was there or not and that really appeals to me and is a lot of fun and that that is the kind of gaming that I'm getting more and more interested in of, of the this is a, a historical engagement of forces on a smaller level. So it, it might be probably like maybe several hundred, if not like the low thousands numbers of troops, but it isn't like an actual full battle. It's like a small part of a battle. Um, if that sort of makes sense, because I, I think it, it, it's quite hard on a, the larger level to actually play full battle. Well, yeah, yeah, you have to zoom out to such an extent that it's not really, you know, you can risk your two dice. That's a battle, you know. Yeah. That's not that's not what I'm looking for. No. Yeah. So, uh, apart from Absolute Emperor and One Page Rules, which played with me, what else have you played this month, Andy? Oh, we'll see. Um, obviously, I, uh, I played um, A Fistful of Lead with Ben and Ed and, and Richard, uh, and that was really good fun. I had um, um, evil Colonel Sanders and his zombies um, were trying to get the mystical artifacts, and there was Victorian um, spiritualists and all kinds of stuff going on. Um, it was a really good fun game. Um, you have a card activation. Everyone's dealt out a card. King goes first. Two goes last. Ace can be any card you want it to be. 
Uh, it's played with D10s and D12s, and yeah, it's a really streamlined but you know fun and engaging set of rules. And it was four player game, and I had a good time. I didn't win, but it was still fun anyway. Ed won amazingly, despite his roles. Um, shows you don't have to be the best roll dice roll to win a game. You can just be in the right place at the right time <laughs> and do what needs to be done without rolling dice, uh, and you can win. Yeah, it was really good fun. Um, it was like an eldritch horror. We were running around the bayou trying to find these mystical artifacts, these eldritch tomb tomes, or they are, to open a portal. Um, Antediluvian artifacts. That was what we were after. I remember now. Um, just good fun. Just good Sounds fun like evening. A cowboy game soundtracked by Donovan is sort of... Like... <laughs> yeah, that was good fun. Um, I play anything else? I'm trying to remember now. Our Dungeon Crawl Classics, yeah. We we finished our adventure. I was very brave. We we killed the, the monster at the end of Demon and was sucked into a whirlpool. Um, and the adventure ended there. But I think our, our adventuring party might find themselves... In a, another adventure quite soon. Sounds good. Month of gaming. Yeah, got lots in. <laughs> <laughs> snazzy names, snazzy names. This one hasn't got a snazzy name. Exciting, exciting news, um, listeners. I've been doing a bit of research. If you follow me on Facebook, you and I have been doing a bit of research reading up about the English Civil War. We are going to be starting uh, a campaign, aren't we, Tom? Yes, looking forward to it greatly. Uh, not entirely um, dissimilar uh, to the inspiration we were derived from the Little Wars TV guys running their own campaign. We have devised some basic rules. We've got some events that are going to be happening. We're going to run a series of battles on a nice, a nice map. Um, and uh, we're going to start that shortly, aren't we, Tom? Yes, it's, we're going to be using the core of the system we're going to be using is Pike One's Lament. We're going to be playing in 10 mil. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to try and use historical orders of battle for our forces, but then interject our own bits of fun in there. So Ladies Man Cromwell will be taking to the field. Indeed. <laughs> Chad Cromwell. So we've it made up an imaginary um, county in the Midlands, Hobtonfuckshire. Um, slips right off the tongue. Slips off the tongue. It's so easy to say. It's easy to write. Hobtonfuckshire. Um, and we're going to have an imaginary. So we can, rather than be limited to the battles that were going on, we've created a map. We're going to have two forces Ed's Royalists versus Tom's Parliamentarians. I'm taking the order of the Covenanters and a little bit of GMing uh, to make things a little bit more interesting than just straight battles. But we'll be fighting over a map to determine um, who's going to be victorious uh, in the county, which 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 side will be swayed to, to the king or to parliament. And we are kicking that off down at Bethnal Green Working Men's Club on the 12th. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you want to come and see us rolling dice, you are very well, uh, very welcome to come and join in and watch that. And we'll, obviously, we are going to be giving you details on our on our podcast as well. And then 
if you want to see us say hello have a chat we are going to be at the Selwig Wargaming show on October the 19th so keep your eye out for we'll probably be there in our hobby support group t-shirts and hobby cravats mm. so say hello give us our thought give us your thoughts on the show say hello we always like to meet listeners but that's not all Axe chat you're giving a chat on november the 13th everyone out there if you listen to this podcast and you would like to hear me well i should explain it. let me put this in a bit of context so i i work for uh, the museum of london unfortunately unfortunately uh, it's moving across to a new site but that's going to take two or three years to take place and during that time some of the really fun artifacts lovely artifacts we have that are going to be put away in storage and then moved to the new site and that means I can't do some of my favourite talks that I do there. Uh, and a talk I do love to do is my talk on Viking weapons. Um, so what I'm doing is that the last chance, I'm going to come in on um, November the 13th, Sunday, November the 13th at two o'clock. I'm going to be at the Museum of London uh, at London Wall. And I'm going to give my axe chat, my Viking weapons talk um, for everyone. Listeners, friends, family, or everyone who wants to come along and hear me do it, just come along. You know, if you can give a donation, because the museum is a charity, it's kept uh, kept open by your donations. Come down and hear me give my talk on the axes and other weapons, spears, swords, knives, you name it. We'll be talking about all the different types of Viking weapons. Um, so it'd be really great to have some listeners come along and, and join me there. And when we finish there, we're going to go to the Lord Raglan and have a nice a nice frothy pint of ale, maybe a pie. Nice. Yeah. So really looking forward to that. And on the 12th of November, I will be at Reading Warfare Show. So action. And I'll be at work. <laughs> <laughs> I will live stream it for you to make you jealous. Oh, yeah. Oh, lovely to see. Defending the engine. Look forward yeah. to that. And then we don't have a date for it at the minute. Early spring, we are looking at putting up. We are hopefully going to be putting on our Warmaster. So get Warmaster Fun Day. Start working on your ten more fantasy armies for Mm -hmm. Warmaster Revolution. You know, stop putting that in your hobby plannings. Yeah, and we are still also plugging away at our small scale event for later in 2023. But we will give you more details of that when we can. Hobby news. So we will start. We've been chatting about ECW. So start off this month with bloody miniatures and the gallant ladies, which is a set of. They're all appropriately dressed, which is very nice. Yes, these are. I really quite like these. I think these Mm. would be great characters. I think these would also be cool, like adventurer characters. If you know you got people hunting around to buy you for Eldritch artifacts. I think any of these ladies look great for that. Bloody miniatures. Yeah. You know, they're great. These are part of their release wave four. Mm-hmm. They're upcoming. Check them out. Uh, you know, they'd be great for both like royalists and parliamentarians for English Civil War. But you want sort of any sort of period figures. I think these would be great from sort of 
30 years war really to mm-hmm. well i think you could even get away with them up to most of them up to like mid-victorian yeah really really for how they look they're absolutely cracking i, I i've never seen a, a, a bad bloody miniatures model have you Andy? oh never never i love them all I, I need to go and buy them all to be honest so moving on then to Warlord, which is quite a lot of Warlord news this month. They've started now selling the Epic Waterloo individual sprues. Ah. So you don't have to buy the full kit any box yeah. sets anymore. Yeah. You can buy the individual sprues. They're ten pounds a sprue, and you get roughly so like if you buy like a, a rifleman sprue, you get eight units. Eight strips of rifleman. That's four units, isn't it? Yeah, and a cannon. And to first, that doesn't seem like too bad value yeah. for if you just want to like bulk out your forces a little Fair bit. Officer as well, isn't there? There's... Yeah, you get like a mounted command, a few skirmishers, a cannon. Yeah, and then two units of line, I think. So you know, if you if you were to buy two of those sprues, you know. You could probably put together a little force for absolute emperor with that, couldn't you? Oh, you definitely. You you'd easily have more than enough for like two cores for absolute emperor, uh, or uh, like a equivalent of pike and cement. The same. You, mm-hmm. You'd have whatever you needed. Then a gentleman's moving in bolt action news. A gentleman's war is now available. This is the new bolt action starter set chatted about it before you know it's a DAC versus 8th Army starter set really good value if you're wanting to get into bolt action if you're looking for a Christmas present for someone who wants to do some 28 mil Western Front and it's, gaming. it's two really strong um, cores to it. it's like starting like seed for an army as well like really good an armored car and lots of infantry so if you're looking to get into the game I think this is a good addition yeah, you can get this split with someone or have two armies for yourself. It's yeah, this is a really good box set, I think. And there's actually like what comes in, even if you were just thinking, Oh, I'm not really a big World War II gamer, I might give it a go. You'd actually have some good fun playing with these two armies. These are two good armies that would be fun to play against each other. Yeah, they're, they're going to be that. Then, also in bolt action news, there's the updated FAQ and Irata. Ooh. which they've brought out uh as now seems to be the case with bolt action faqs various bits of moaning and drama from the community i i didn't know that had come out tom so i'm that soon as we finish recording i'm gonna go and see what snap even have to say uh well it's i, th- I think the, the the biggest thing is that people are moaning about is the fact that it they've made the indian army in the western desert ridiculous oh it was already ridiculous i remember it being bad before yeah well they've now like in a points-based game they've now made it legal that you get 200 points of free stuff yeah that's right so so (laughs) in a points-based game regardless of point you you could be playing a 500 point game and your opponent gets 200 points of free stuff it's a bit rubbish um 
I haven't really read it because I'm not playing Bolt Action at the minute, mm. so I'm not bothering reading FAQs and erratas for a game I'm not currently Because there might be a new one before then anyway nope. that changes There everything. will be a new one. They, they seem to be bringing out a new one every few months now. Um, it's almost like they're tinkering, getting ready for third edition, Tom. It's, it's either that or trying to definitely sort of keep it, you know, there's a big event on, something comes up, they go, we'd better change that, break something else in the process. But anyway... We'll move on. In model news for bolt action, there is some Mongolian cavalry, and for the bolt action career, you've got some Chinese PVA squads. Mm. These both not a huge fan of the Mongolian cavalry. Um, You're not a fan of this cavalry. The, stop. What's going on, Tom? You're not a fan of cavalry. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the horses. I I, I know they are the um, kind of ponies, aren't they? They're the yeah, they're the, the Mongolian like step ponies, but they just for me look a little bit gormless. Like large dogs. Yeah, they, they they look they look a little bit more on the fantastical side of of mounts. Yeah, um, but you know it's cool. The PVA squads look really nice. Yeah. yeah really really do like those but then some models that do look fantastic from warlord are the new plastic berlusconi um and some other stuff that they've been doing for the italians you know so you, these are like the the plastic italian special forces yeah and then so the Sagliari the, are fantastic models i really i'm i'm tempted yeah he doesn't like painting guys with feathers in their hats <laughs> And then they brought out some metal squads. So they brought out a Berlusconi support squad, a San Marco Marines section, some Adati, and then the Eritrean Ascari. I really quite like these Ascari. I might pick up a box of these. Um, I think they might like, well work well for in my Ethiopian army. Mm-hmm. Because quite a few sort of defected. Um, I generally like quite a lot of the, the Warlord metal squads, and they're normally quite well priced. You can only pick them up for sort of twelve to fifteen quid yeah. a, a set from like third-party retailers. So I sort of really like them. Uh, you can just pick. You don't have to. You don't have to. Find, you don't have to buy everything in one month, do you? you can... Oh no, no. It's like to be honest. I've, over the years, I've picked up quite a lot of the the metal sets. Where either when I've like, I've been buying something from a company, and I need to. I want to make the postage up. Yeah. Or just seen them in a really good sale and go, oh, that support squad there is normally 16 quid. They're doing it for like nine that can go in the pile. Like, to us, I'm not really buying 28 mil models at the minute to go in the pile, but I do like these Ascari and might get them in the future. Yeah. Then a game I, I don't play, but it, it's interesting, Warlord News, so I included it, in that Warlord have bought Conflict 47. See, I thought they already had Conflict 47. Uh, I did, to be honest. But I think apparently they did it in collaboration with Clockwork Goblin. But they've now bought it. And so they're now going to work. It's now theirs. Which is sort of interesting to see that they've got rid of Warlords of Antares. They've got rid of Antares. Gates of Antares. Antares. It's Warlords of Nowhere, isn't it? They've got rid of Gates of Antares, but bought Conflict 47 Mm in-house. So it's... It's an interesting thing, you know, read into that what you want. 
then in Windy Boat Game, well, no, Diesel Boat Game. Diesel, diesel, diesel Boat Game. Oh, fuel oil, whatever. Uh, victory, victory at sea. Victory at sea. For those confused at home now. <laughs> well, we confused ourselves. They've got the seaplane tender, which mm. is a nice little model. And they've got some tramp freighters and some ammo ships, which all look nice if, if you play mm. Victory at Sea. Yeah. Moving into War Games Atlantic. Oh, I hope and... you enjoyed us for this. Um, Tom reads out the Warlord Releases edition of <laughs> Hobbies of War Group. That's a lot, though, isn't there? It's, it's anyway. quite a lot. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. almost a list. Is it a list? Oh. <laughs> What's happening at War Games Atlantic? Well, not a lot. To be honest, it's, it's like lots of their updates have been like, this has been shipped. We've got 12 new pallets of this. This is going like the ogres are going to be out soon or the lizards are going to be out soon. But they did release a, a new sneak peek of what one of their next ranges is going to, their next release is going to be. I thought and, they did French partisans already because this looks like more partisans to me. It does. It is. I think it's got to be a partisan, and I think it's. Pro- I wouldn't be surprised if it's female partisans. Ah, uh, I didn't know there was no. Well, I just assumed there was male and female in the original box. I didn't because it too close. Well, this this is definitely partisans, and it's definitely the very fame. Like what what they've released, it's the picture of a girl in a beret. I thought there's a lead singer from ACDC. <laughs> And then there's like a, a picture of a revolver, a Thompson and an MP40. So yeah. I assume it's going to be the very famous picture of the resistance teenage girl with the MP40. Um, yeah. Knowing War Games Atlantic, I wouldn't be surprised if they do a box of female resistance figures. Yeah. Because lots of their ranges have female specific boxes in. Yeah. If they do a box of female resistance figures i will definitely be buying a box because you know there's plenty of women involved in partisan forces you don't get really any figures of them or yeah. they will also make brilliant civilians yeah so they will definitely get those if they are sold moving on to any scale models they have released a 156 bedford truck some 176 lobster pots and mm. expanded their scale defences. No, those lobster pots are exactly what you need for some kind of Innsmouth game. Yep, I think they'd be, they'd be great uh, sort of like scatter terrain for anything really. And also I'm really quite interested in the Bedford trucks because like trucks are one of those things where you quite often need loads of them and if, if you're running like a uh, if you're doing a force that needs half a dozen trucks mm. it's sometimes quite annoying to buy the like although like rubicon might do them you don't necessarily want to buy like a hundred pounds worth of trucks for your army you know the and yeah. any scale stuff it's it's great i really like it and once they're painted up they're, they function perfectly as trucks or if even if you're just wanting them as terrain and you go there's half a dozen trucks parked in this road or it's a small ammo dump or something. It's going to be a, a great piece of like terrain that's actually going to muck up trying to move your army around on the table. 
I think I bought some Opal Blitzers. I think I've got from them before. They were very good and a Pierre ambulance for my Germans. They've been all very, very good. I, I think they get some other trucks from them. Yeah, they're very good. Is what I'm trying to say. And just, just if you just need trucks, you can just get trucks. Completely agree. The, the trucks don't need to be that fancy. No, it's a truck. <laughs> <laughs> then ammo have brought out a new well ammo make have brought out the british army africa like the eighth army paint set which if you're thinking of picking up gentleman's war talked about ammo paint before really like them i think these mm-hmm. th- these four paints will get you everything that you need to do um and then to think a, a, a new product that they've brought out uh, i haven't tried it yet uh I'm not going to rush out and buy it, but I, I might try it at some point. Is putty surfacer, yeah, which seems to be almost like a a thinner version of liquid green stuff. Oh yeah, but I think this will be good for like if you're wanting to sort of like up detail model kits. So something like you've got like a welded tank or something, can you actually want to put on? So is like, it a bit like well, Sprugu? I think so. I think I think it's uh, maybe a little bit similar to the Vallejo plastic putty mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So I think it, this will be like it looks like it will be great for stuff like putting Zimmer on all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you're just wanting to put more detail on stuff, maybe like heavy corrosion on bits and pieces. OK. This month's like shiny model that I really quite like is on pre-order from Meg. And it's the Mark 7C U-boat in 135, which comes with, and you can buy it with commanders oh either gosh. in action or loading it. And it looks absolutely lovely, but it's like 125 euros. Oh. So it's it's going to stay oh, being yeah. absolutely lovely. I would have to buy that and then get someone who's a better painter than me to paint it. Yes. I'm looking at it and going like, wow, that is really nice. I could really, I could really do a, a really poor paint job on that. Yeah, <laughs> I could completely ruin that if I try. Um, thing I, I quite like about this model, I did. I thought it was a bit of a pity when I first saw it, but actually, the more I, I, I look at, it, the more I realise it isn't the whole U-boat. It's, you know, it's just like the conning tower. Yeah. And a bit of the deck, so mm-hmm. it isn't going to be like three feet long. Yeah. So it's actually more of a realistic display piece and it does look really nice it does look very nice then talking about very nice models mercer minis have got at the moment a buy one get one free sale on now at the time when i was doing the show notes it was a buy one get one free beast but mercer minis have a sale on all the time of something so if you're ever thinking of picking up any other Darkland stuff, I would highly suggest you sign up to their newsletter and wait till what you want is in a sale. Because it seems to be like one week it'll be something like a buy one beast, get one free. The following week it'll be like buy one troop unit, get a free troop unit or buy two troops, get a third one free or buy one hero, get a second one half price. Something like that. It, it, they are pretty much like the DFS sale of the mini world. They are absolutely stunningly gorgeous monsters and minis, and yeah, 
these beasts that were on sale last week do look terrifyingly creepy beasts. I wasn't so sure. And the more I looked at them, the more I liked them. I'm like, hang on, the more I look at these, the better they look. Yeah, you know, when yeah. you, the, the details in them, like the faces and the extra eyes. and Yeah. They, uh, very Blanche, Jean Blanche style monsters. Yeah, very creepy. Then, so if, if you've got creepy monsters, something that you probably want them to fight in, especially if you're a fan of, of movies of a certain vintage, uh, Black Sight Studios have released what they say is probably the biggest MDF terrain kit in the world. And this would be the Northwoods Mall, which is a shopping mall in 28mm scale based in MDF. Wow. And it looks quite good if you're wanting that to. That looks look. like it's almost too much. Yes. It's, yeah. If, if you're wanting to play like. You know, they said this is all if you want to play like horror, like modern or like weird. This is all you need. And, you know, I think I imagine this would be great for playing something like Dawn of the Dead in. Yeah. I can also imagine it becomes very much sort of like a zone mortalis board. It's great to play on periodically, but it's a bit much. Once a year. Time yeah. to get that terrain piece out. Play that it's, one game. You know, it's we'll play some like Fear Street or we'll play some Stranger Things or something in there. But you play with it now and again, not really for regular gaming. I but, have a large um, resin Wicker Man model. And it's like, oh, get the Wicker Man, put him on the table. It's, and it looks really cool to have a Wicker Man on the table. But actually, apart from his legs blocking line of sight, doesn't really do much in the game it's like it's not a terrain piece you can give it special rules you know as it's a weird eldritch eldritch effect from the wicker man but actually in the game as a terrain piece it does very little so you know have a think about when you are getting some terrain pieces is it going to be a good uh, piece to play with or does it just look good but doesn't really affect the game yeah i think i think this mole i think is is slightly different in that it is Although it's a piece of terrain, it's going to function really as like a, a multi-level. Yeah, it's terrain. the entire it's, board, isn't it? It's a, it's a dungeon, isn't it? Really, it's almost like a yeah. multi-level dungeon. So you, you're playing a game that each it, it might be a really cool setting for something like a dungeon crawl. You know, Dawn of the Dead or something in there. You know, all outside it's locked down because outside is overrun with zombies. You've got to try and secure the inside. Could be a really cool game. Um, but you could have multiple battles. You have your guys and just like every every day, like it's first day, one zombie, next day, two zombies, third day, three zombies, you know, wave after inside. wave. Yeah. Um, and they can like, and they gradually knock the doors down and stuff. Yeah, it, it's uh, $360 for our Australian listeners. So it's it's not cheap, but it does look quite cool. Like th- th- there are also very like additional add-ons and things for it. Yeah. And you, you can get... Uh, like a, a strip mall add-on, which is $95, which actually I, I think could be a really cool bit of terrain. Just, for yeah, just, just for itself is good, isn't it? Because, you know, it's, it's it's two levels, two in, like self-contained buildings in each level. Each building's got multiple rooms. So you have things where, you know, there's an Eldritch artifact hidden in the bookshop toilet. You're actually yeah. going to, it's going to take quite a bit of work to sort of necessarily find it. Um, 
That's that. Then moving on to Mantic. Mm-hmm. Big news from them really is Kings of War 22 edi- 2022 edition. Yeah. They are combining all their books into one big red book. So the Uncharted Empires book and the Blair like Clash of Kings update, which they do yeah. each year, is now all being brought into one book. So now all you need is basically the main rule book and this book, and that's all the rules for the, the game yeah. in those two books. I think personally slightly annoyed in that I bought the Uncharted Empires book and I bought the 22, 2020, yeah, I bought the 2022 update. Yeah. I've never played it yet. So um, I'm not going to buy this one until I've played with the old one. <laughs> but I do like the idea of getting all the, the updates into one book. Um, to be honest, if they were to say we're combining the main rules, we're just doing one book with everything again, that would be even more in fun, I think, more in interest to me. Admittedly, it might then turn into a bit of a phone book, but I do like the idea that it from would now be on, a substantial book. Yeah, but I do like the idea that we're, we're not going to have four million books. Everything, yeah. or even we're not going to have three books, we're just going to have two, yeah. And then from now on, you just buy the new book each year, which has got everything updated in. And I, I love Kings of War, it's a great system, it's a great yeah. game. Then moving on to something else that uh Mantic are doing, which I, I find quite interesting because it's almost something that you, you would imagine a company was doing in the 80s or the early 90s, is that they're bringing out some D&D adventures things which are called dungeon adventures and what they are they're a a box inside some pre-assembled scenery a two-sided battle map and a booklet which has like a it's basically a fifth edition module you know it's it's got minion stats story and everything all you actually have to provide is the minis for the monsters and your adventurers and away you go now this is it's an rpg that's just what it is. It isn't oh, yeah. like a, it isn't like a, a a war game with RPG elements. No, this is just a role playing game that you just you, know, you get in the box. Everything you get in the box, away you go. All you need is you know a wizard and some kobolds or something, and yeah. away you go. I think this is quite an interesting it's, idea. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? I mean, I would love to have seen the the monsters in there as well. Yeah. So you just get like a one one shot. Pick up the box. It's got. The monster, the map, the scenery, <clears throat> the booklet. I, I, I do. I think it would be good to have had the monsters in. I can imagine possibly putting the monsters in would make them more expensive. Yeah, it might be a bit more cost prohibitive. And I think maybe like because these are the these are the first volumes one and two. You've got Into the Necromancer's Lair and Secrets of the Wizard's Tower. Like we yeah. might find like when they bring out a few more, they might bring out like a a box of right this is your generic monsters yeah. these, these are your henchmen these are your adventurers monstrous oh. encounters box yeah you know these are the stat these are half a dozen wandering gribblies yeah. these are like a boss because i think when you, when you do role play and you have it all with monsters you you sort of go into two categories don't you, you either go you walk into a room and you find three goblins and a knoll and it's because the gm owns three goblins and a knoll that every encounter involves at least three goblins and a knoll and 
sometimes you might get like a banshee or like they get a new monster they, they get a new monster in their collection and then that monster's used quite a lot for yeah it's like, it's like oh they've got like a shambling something or like a gelatinous cube over the next three months we're going to be fighting a lot of gelatinous cubes um so it either goes that way or it goes right you go you you go into this room and you've got seven hobgoblins you go into the next room and you've got 14 fishmen and that yeah. you end up having to have like so many models for each encounter it, it it becomes you know you end up needing like a pack pony to bring everything down to, to what sort of goes I my um my gm greg he just has a box of like random hero clicks models and he just grabs his models from there and it, it, it might look like an orc it might be a goblin you know it changes from game. he goes like what's going to represent this monster because he never really tells you what monster you're facing he's just like a large goblinoid like creature and he's like is it an orc is that a large goblin you know you know I think in, I'm, in I'm, reality they wouldn't walk in the room and say just so you know i'm a level two paladin orc i've got <laughs> this sword and this armor so before we fight i feel you should know that okay let's go you know i think i, I i'm spoiled by being gm'd mostly by sasha who yeah. has um everything a complete dnd beastery i think t to the point of like we are playing in the Dunderman campaign that I've been playing for years. It's a it's now a point of pride that we are going to face every classic D and D monster. Yeah. So and you know to the point that like we, we fought a black pudding a while ago. It's like yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah that that that's well, but that is that is not uh like a realistic approach that almost anybody can sort of take. Yeah. So moving on from Adventures in a Box, we move to Pendragon, which have got the new releases for the American War of Independence for Americans, British and French, a particular emphasis on the French and also the Beastmen are re-released. Mm. No, you're like a... I do love a Beastman. No, you're like a Beastman. So they have added some extra poses for each pack, some new weapons and some new heads. Uh, so you've got some like goat, sheep, rat and eagle heads in with the beastmen. And these are really nice. Yeah. If you're thinking about doing a, a Warmaster army. Check out Pendragon's Beastmen. Check out all the fantasy ranges that they've got. Yeah. I did that 10 mil um, Romans and... English Civil War models I got from them were fantastic. Really good. Then, Grey for Now Games, the company or guy behind Zero Two Hundred Hours, is they're really I think sort of overwhelmed and pleased with how the game's being received yeah. and the plans for sort of going forward. And they're they're looking at doing sort of French partisans, Americans, Italians, and probably like a a, a more detailed campaign system. As well as they're looking at doing some stuff, saying you know North Africa, as well as like Asia, and that sort of thing. The thing like Almost the jungle. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to see if it gets past. Yeah, I can't see them getting the rights <laughs> to Wilmington on Sea, but you could have the home guard and have some generic kind of, you know. It, would, it might actually. There was, I think, there was definitely one battle where the home guard did fight some downed bomber crew who had rather than surrender like fortified 
their plane. It, it, it was one of the few actions where the home guard did actually get into combat. Yeah, it's uh, so they're also sort of looking at doing like a, a proper solo version um, of it. He does sort of like caveat it though that as he is a, a one man show, it's going to sort of take some time. So don't, you know, be badgering them too much. You know, it's it's a cool game. Look forward to see what sort of comes out in the future. Then something else to look forward to in the future is Keyforge is back. Keyforge is back. Winds of Exchange crowdfunding campaign is live. Decks can be bought. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't backed it simply because it's a little bit too rich for my current budget as much as I would like. And I've got enough Keyforge decks where I don't feel like I need to refresh my deck. I've got so many decks I haven't played with. I don't feel too, but I do know if people really like the game, I can see why they do. I can also see why people have backed it to show their support for a game and so it continues in the future. Yeah. Hopefully by it being re-released, it's going to encourage more people to pick it up and not it just exists as a dead game. I mean, uh, exactly the same thing as you, Tom, and that's why I haven't resisted and I did back it. Uh, <laughs> It was it was a too good a deal. Maybe I'll give you a couple of decks. Hey? Uh, well, we'll see. Then, rounding out hobby news, really, we move into GW news, and the Middle Earth strategy battle game has had quite a lot of love this last month. They've brought out the new, not necessarily it's a starter set, but it's not really a starter set. It's I've not uh, seen these two models, Tom. It's the oh. Battle of Gilead set which comes with two like unique figures. You've got a Faramir and a Gothamog on a Warg. Yeah. Like the, the Battle of Pelennor Fields box set is also like a great deal for like if you're interested in like the Middle Earth strategy battle game or you want a couple of Lord of the Rings themed fantasy armies, check out the Osgiliath or the Pelennor Fields box set. To be honest, I think the Osgiliath one is probably a better deal because it doesn't have a fell beast in it yeah. and the fell beast while a great model is a pain to store and keep um i actually gave mine to a friend because i was just fed up of having to have it in a special box i took up too much hobby storage room but yep yeah, this this is great and also they brought out a couple of made to order lord of the rings dioramas so they brought out the final fate of the witch king yeah where you can see you know witch king about to get stabbed in the face and shock horror for gw they've brought out a couple of sets of dice whoa you can actually read the you can wow i can actually read the dice the numbers on there you can actually read they've got they've they've got pips and numbers you 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 can read them it's you know and the special symbol is on the six yes very important you know, shock horror. Then in Age of Sigmar news, there is the More Tribes Ogres. So it's the Ogre Battle Tome and the new, like, uh, not the stock collecting God. box. Yeah, it's it's the new army box for the Disciples of Zeech, where you get like 10 
I'm not going to list what you get off of them because I can't pronounce not one of them are. You get Zangors. Ten Zangors, ten Acolytes, three Flamers is each and three Screamers. Yeah. If you want a demon army, doesn't seem bad. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, standard GW thing, if you have demons, you can play them in both Age of Sigmar and 40k. DK, that's right. Two for one army deal. And then also in Age of Sigmar news, they have got the Sons of Bahamut, which are the giants, have got a new super giant yeah. coming out. Not a huge fan, really, of the GW giants. I, 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 I like a giant, but the, the GW ones just don't really seem to do it that much for me. They're just getting more and more giant, and then you got got to store them and transport them. Yeah, it's well, they they are the Imperial Knights of Age of Sigma, aren't they? They are. They are. They, are. they function exactly, they are. exactly the same. Then the Warhammer Underworlds has got their new set, which is Narwood, which you know you get two warbands, four decks, open them. Play, Didn't you know. they just have a new set come out? Am I confused? It's, no, it's, it, it's because now they do seasons, they can bring them out as often as they like. Because okay. it's, it's now not a new, it's like Kill Team. It's not a new edition, it's a new season. Because they did that Swamp one, which I quite liked, actually. It looked pretty good to me. I like both the, the forces there. But there's another one. From what I, I may be slightly wrong in my understanding of Underworlds, but what I think it's since it came out, it's undergone a bit of a change because it came out. Oh, and I think was it Warcry that I'm thinking of? I think I think of the Warcry and getting Warcry and Underworlds mixed up. Yeah, Warcry is the like fantasy version of Kill Team, which again has multiple versions of. Yeah, but I think Underworlds came out as like these are your minis, these are your deck, away you go. Yeah, it then became a deck building game. Which yeah. became Shade Spire, they called it, didn't they? The first one, I think. Yeah. Which became then like impenetrable to people unless you'd bought like dozens of different decks because you could put mixing cards from different decks. Yeah. And I think they've now like tried to tone it back a little bit so you, you don't need to spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds to get all the cards. Um, but I'm, I'm not quite sure how it works. I know it's recently our, our club has started a new Underworlds League. So yeah. I think it's. it's Definitely like attracting some players. Yeah. Then a update for Cursed City came out. Cursed City Night Wars came out and immediately sold out. Yeah. So, you know, true Cursed City things. And then the Goliath Maulers for Necromunda have got some bikes. And if I was still playing GW games, I would have probably bought a couple of these bikes because... They're quite they cool. look like those bikes from um, Halo that the uh, the Covenant have that big spinning wheel one, don't they? They do look like a sort of combination between that and like a a forty k up like Judge Dread bike. Yeah, like a, a I do quite like them in their nuttiness, but you know they are thirty quid for two bikes, so they will stay where they are. And then in final GW news, the squats are available in their army set. Hey. Leagues didn't of Votan. That, didn't that come out? Is that not sold out already? It's already sold out. Um, but I think if we and do... And it's already been banned in Canada and Germany from like official tournaments because <laughs> the rules are so broken. 
it's it's to be honest and listeners let me know uh about this when i do the hobby news i'm always in two minds to even include gw stuff because so much of the new stuff has sold out by the time it's on sale yeah it's almost like is it worth talking about all this stuff which has been brought come out and automatically sold out or is it just so you people can know about it and they keep their eye out for when it comes back on sale because i i don't know like listeners if you're not interested in gw news let us know and i'll just stop doing because I, I almost feel like there's, there's no videos on youtube and there's no podcast that really cover gw stuff is there tom no you know so there's no information on it anywhere to it's, be found it's <laughs> impenetrable it's it's like a complete mystery um, yeah the reason so, why I do include it is that I know a number of our listeners do play a lot of GW stuff. Yeah. And it's the stuff that we get posted. But uh, it's always like a, a stab in the dark for me, really, because I'm no longer invested in it. Is that well? Well, it's, it's nice. Job. These are some really nice models that you can't buy. Yeah. yeah. It's still nice to see the models you can't get hold of. Yeah. Would you like um, to look at these 25 models that cost £120 that are sold out? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather that than happen. I've bought them, 120 pounds, that's I, for sure. I, I will admit, uh, and this isn't going to be a, a bash GW section, I'm actually not a fan of the, the re-release of the Space Squats. Uh, I just, oh, does it have to be Celtic again? Like, they look kind of Space Wolfy a little bit. They, they, like, they do look on, like... Let's do something a little original, you know? Yeah, they do just, they look like a, a weird cross between Space Wolves and the... Uh, like Tyranid cultist minor things. Oh yeah, the um, Gene Steeler cult. The Gene Steeler cult. I think they just yeah they just really don't do it for me. Yeah, I think of squats. It's dudes on choppers in aviators and yeah, quilted armor. Yeah, the thing they had. You know, like I I like the models. They're really well made. I like the basic troopers, but I'm just like, come on having like celtic runes and stuff again there, there are so many cultures in the world you could have chosen to do them differently you know that's yeah anyway. then uh moving into kickstarter news now and someone that's doing think a bit different is great escape games i've got fight wars apocalypse <clears throat> now this is a special interest i think for the mini collector but i think what do you do if you want famous, iconic horror characters who have had a few too many pies? Um, I mean, there's an absolute war looking for, aren't we, Tom? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, you think, I want a tubby-looking Jason, or I want a Blade who looks like he's had a few too many Guinnesses. Um, I can I, honestly say I've never thought that in my life. No, I, I, I had never thought about this until I saw these and actually thought there's one or two I quite wouldn't mind, but I'm not buying them. I I I'd never really twigged that uh, I want it, but check these out. You know, you've got, you know, tubby clowns, pumpkin heads, chuckies, all sorts, um, all in a more like stunty, pretend body shape. A six quid a piece. Representation is important. Yeah. yeah, check it out. Then, uh, slightly more highbrow, Kingmaker, like one of the classic 
historical board games is being re-released from Gibson Games. It's 65 quid for a copy, which is relatively cheap because they go for a fortune on eBay, the original yeah. copies. So check that out if you're into your Hex Encounter historical games. And then other bit of Kickstarter news is WoW Buildings have brought out their new set, which is for Modern Warfare. And so you've got things like uh, compounds, uh, tents, uh, FOBs, all that sort of stuff. So if you want to do anything sort of set, you know, basically 9-11 onwards, check them out. You know, they're, they're all 3D STL files that you just buy, rescale to whatever you want from 10 to 28 mil, comes with everything from vehicles. Check them out. They do loads of stuff and all that whenever you back any of their modern uh, whenever you back any of their current kickstarters they have an add-on to get any of their old ones so they've done things like stalingrad pre-epit all sorts if, if you've got a printer and you're wanting to do some 3d printing terrain highly recommend world buildings Yeehaw! it's cowboy news roundup <laughs> then in the section that Andy's been waiting for, Cowboy News. <laughs> now, we're in October, so it's spooky season. So thought we would start off with a Old West Hangman's Gallows. Which is, Where's that from? This is from Cursed Off Designs on Etsy. £6.75. Oh, that's a bargain, you, isn't it? Get you like... A two birth gallows, and yeah. Well, you know, if you got a couple, yeah. You know, you want to separate them, would you just let them hang out together? Hang out, hang out at the same time. Really like this. Again, I think you know, timber framed stuff looks really good when it's made out of MDF, and you know, for seven quid, you can't yeah. really go wrong. So, check out Kershaw Designs on Etsy, and then. If you wanted some figures to go on that, we have Studio 159 Minis, also from Etsy, have got a warband of Wild West women. I believe a warband is called a posse in, in Westerns. I stand corrected. It's a posse of women. Half a dozen, seven, actually. I will learn to count. Seven women, again, Realistically clothed, realistically proportioned, look quite well. I think they would do any sort of like 19th century, even like early 20th century sort of Western gaming. Yeah. yeah. Any thoughts on these? I think they're lovely. And, you know, there's plenty of examples of ladies with guns in the Old West. Yep. I think I think these are great. And I think also interesting, I think I what I think I like about these is they don't all look like they work in certain kinds of saloons where a lot mm-hmm. of oh yeah old yeah. western saloon girls yeah women no. do th- these look much more suitably, suitably attired yeah. for life on the prairies so we move now into our hobby plans for october my plans are obviously finish off this french cavalry the casualties and then 
base and flock the entire army, mm-hmm. which is probably going to take more time than they envisage, as, as you know. Always does. I'm always like, oh, I've got a base and it take no time at all. It's amazing how long it takes. Yeah, I've only got like about 400 models. To do. <laughs> uh, uh, it's going to take you weeks, honestly. Yeah, it, it will probably take a good week. Uh, and then they're going to have many coats of varnish. I have decided I'm going to over varnish them because this is an army I want to keep forever. And I figure three coats of varnish is better than chip paint work in six months. So yeah. I think what I'm going to try and do is because I haven't, I simply can't afford because the size of the army, I can't afford to do it all in dull coat, multiple layers of dull coat. I'm going to do a trial mini of just lacquering it in normal cheap car lacquer yeah. and then put a final dull coat over the top yeah. to, to see if that works. Um, also, I don't want to be responsible for a hole in the ozone layer by using like two or three cans of dull coat on them. Then after I've finished those, I would like to at least by the time we next record Hobby Progress, have got my Warmaster army primed and ready for paint. I think that's a good goal. Um, gaming wise, going to be playing some, uh, playing a board game this week. Hopefully, then play some more Napoleonic games. Maybe try out the new Perry's game, which we actually didn't talk about in Hobby News. Oh yes, I picked up. I got a copy that was a magazine, War Games yep. Illustrated. Is that I think has, has a copy. Yeah, I've got my copy on the shelf, ready yeah. to go. Uh, Maybe also play some Keyforge because not played that for a while. Yeah, and then just keep a couple of gaming nights free to see what comes up. Yeah. How about yourself, yeah. Andy? What? Yeah, your so I got my Blood Bowl game uh, against Aaron Snotlings. That'd be fun. Uh, English Civil War Keyforge. Yeah, and we'll see what the future brings. Definitely painting-wise, finish a six mil British, so almost six mil Napoleons will be done. And then I think it's going to be moving on to my American War of Independence. Oh, but I've got to get those. Um, my cheap my cheap army started. But there'll be some updates on the Facebook page as I do that. I've got the first unit ready to go. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Andy. And we'll speak again soon. Goodbye. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, everyone. Take care.